If you're looking for ways to prioritize your health and fitness, run more efficiently, understand food, and somehow fit it all into a fun and family-centered life, you're in the right place. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. so much for joining us today on episode number 39 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a topic that everyone can benefit from, and that is the importance of buying in to whatever it is you're doing. It's the importance of believing that the plan that you've got is going to be successful and the importance of telling yourself that you're capable of reaching whatever goal you've got out there. Right, because it doesn't matter how good the training plan is, if you don't believe in your goal and if you don't believe that you can achieve it and that you can successfully go through that training plan, then most of the times it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the whole concept of the show can pretty much be summarized by that, that classic quote of whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Yeah, I love that quote because it's applicable for so much in our life, not just running, of course. It's just the importance of believing. That's why I think this topic is a great one. Right. So there are three main things that we need to cover about belief. Number one is the belief in your plan. Number two, belief in your support system. And number three, belief in yourself. And we're going to get into all of those things now. All right, so first, belief in your training system. There are so many different training systems out there, endurance-based and speed-based and strength-based, and they've all got all this exercise research behind them, and some of them are a little newer, some of them are just rehashed of things that happened 100 years ago, but they've all got their own merit to them. Like they're not they're not bad plans. Right. All of them work. And there have been elite runners that have excelled using all of those different types of plans. Which makes it a little bit crazy of sort of like, well, which one is best for any in- individual? Yeah. And I, there's a lot of debate out there in the running world about which plan is best. And there's a lot of recreational runners that I see on social media that are always asking for advice about which plan to follow. Which plan have you followed? Did it work for you? What did you like about it? You know, there's a lot of back and forth out there. And it's interesting to say, to see how many different plans there are and how strongly athletes believe in that given plan. Right. I mean, if you followed a particular system for a while and it's given you good results, you're going to try and tell everybody around you, this is the, this is the way, Right. this is the plan. And and it's not, there's not a magic cure out there. No, there's not. And new runners, especially, they're going to show good results with any kind of training plan that they start. It as, really doesn't matter. As long matter. as they follow a, a legit plan, right. everything's going to work for them. This is why coaching 
uh, coaching high school athletes. Especially the new ones. Um, it's like, oh, did that high school boy get better between years 16 and 17 of life? Well, he's got more testosterone flowing through him than anyone. Right. So, yes. Did, so he now has more muscles? Whatever you did was going to make him faster. Like, right. It wasn't As magic. long as you didn't screw him up. Yes. As long as you didn't break him as a coach, the plan was going to work. Right. So your body, when you're a new runner, your body's going to adapt and change and show improvement because your muscles are going to be stronger. Your body is going to become more efficient at running. Your systems, your your respiration, your breathing system, and your energy conversion, all of that gets more efficient the more you do a certain activity. So as you run, you're just going to continue to, to see improvements as long as you're just following a good plan. And there's lots of good plans out there. And then beyond that, if you've been following the same plan for a long time and suddenly you throw something new into it, you're going to be able to jump off of any sort of plateau you've been on and see quick changes again. Right. You know, if if you're the kind of runner and there's so many out there that they go out and they do their five mile loop at their normal pace day in and day out. Well, if you've been doing that for like three years, essentially you, you've been building a cardio base for three years. Right. Threw in a little bit of speed work, leaps and bounds of improvement. Right. So there's all these different plans out there though. And like we said, all of them can work. There might be a more ideal plan for you based on your body type or your cardio base or your ability to commit to a time. There might be you know, one training plan might be a little bit more ideal for you than others. But ultimately, no plan is going to work that well if you don't commit to it. Like ultimately, you just have to pick a plan and go with it at some point. You can't you can't continuously be guessing like, is this the right plan for me? And trying to like, maybe you do like a couple weeks on this plan and then you jump over to that plan. And you, you, oh, it's you, line hopping. Right. You can't do it. And, you know, I, I've done this at the, I do this at the grocery store and drive you nuts mm-hmm. of I'm going to be in this line. <laughs> no, no, no. It looks like that line might be moving faster. <laughs> I'm going to jump over to that line. I always pick the wrong line. Though, <laughs> always in the wrong line. But, but just go with it. I do not. That is not a gift that I have. <laughs> I do not always pick the fast lines. Right, but jumping lines is almost never a good choice. Usually. And pick- unless they have the, the new guy that like opens up a new line and you're like, and yes. you like zip over there real quick. You win and he grabbed <laughs> your cart that you're going to be first in his line. Yeah. Then, then you won at that game. You won grocery <laughs> shopping on the day. Right. Um, so ultimately you just have to pick a plan and go with it or a grocery line and just and, stand there and wait. And go for it. <laughs> But the thing is that you have to give it enough time that it's going to work. Right. If you pick a more endurance-based plan, you can't jump to a new one because you didn't see leaps and bounds of improvement in the first week. you got to make sure that you give it enough time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a lot of that, especially nowadays, comes from the whole FOMO idea. You know, it's the fear of missing out on something better that you think – that the, maybe the plan that I'm on isn't the right plan for me because I'm not seeing those immediate results. So you want to jump over onto one of these other plans instead. It's it's that fear. I mean, if you and your friend on, on social media both start a training plan at the same time and you're both on a slightly different plan, 
and suddenly they're posting phenomenal results after a week and a half and yeah. you're like um i'm just slowly progressing i feel almost where i was before right you're gonna want to leap even though you know the race you're training for is months down the road who knows which one which one's going to get there faster mm-hmm. it looks like they're doing better so people try and jump yeah and it's one of the downfalls of social media and some of the group running groups also you know the, a lot of the social media and the social support systems out there for runners are just fantastic and and you need I believe you need a social support system of some sort to, that to really enhance your running but there's also that downside of a lot of comparisons can happen and, and then it leads to a lot of uncertainty I mean that that transitions us perfectly into part number two believe in your support system Woo-hoo! Nailed it. All right. So one of the best things about the support system, whatever it is, whether it's a coach, a team, a training group, um, whatever you've got, your your social media friends, whatever the, the setup is, you need them. Your to podcast you. hosts that believe in you there and want you, you to succeed. <laughs> you need that group around you whose goal is to get you to succeed, not right. just for them, but for you to succeed. Right. A good support system wants success for all members of the group, not just one person. Right. And competition within the group is phenomenal. Like, correctly done competition raises everybody. Yeah. You've got that shirt that says it. Strong women lift each other up. Right. I love it. Yeah, it, because I do Because it's not a let's beat each other down. Mm-mm. Like, it's lift everybody up and bring everybody to a higher level. That's how the group should work. Right. And that's how we like to try to coach our cross-country team, too, because – the whole goal is the team getting to states and everybody needs to get faster along the way to do that. So a little bit of healthy competition within the group is a good thing because they push each other to get faster. And knowing that your teammate is counting on you and expecting you to get faster and to be pushing and to be doing your part to get the team forward and onward to states, that's one of the things that is going to make the entire team better. Yeah, everybody. And works then each together. individual gets better too. Yes, the people want to keep up with the person in front of them, right? And the people be are trying to make sure they stay in front of those behind them. But I mean, it goes all the way back to the the person on our team who's trying to break, you know, forty minutes for the five k helps push the person in front of them to try and break 35 for the 5k and everybody keeps moving forward until we got the girls team to states right exactly and the thing that's also important is that support systems are there to help build everybody up and that's one thing that we really try to um promote i guess in, in our coaching and in our on our teams and everything like that and if there's somebody there that doesn't want you to get better and doesn't want you to succeed, then that's not really a supporter. Yeah. They may be on the same team, but if, if they're trying to climb up by pushing you below them, that's not, that's not a support system. No, they are not part of your support system. Mm -hmm. And you need to, you need to find a group around you that truly wants you to succeed with them. Not, I want you to succeed, but just not quite as much as me. Exactly. Yeah. You never want those people in your life because ultimately they're only thinking of them themselves. Right. And when you have that appropriate support system where everybody is trying to build up and everyone's trying to get better, you get this amazing open communication. Yeah. 
where communicating isn't a sign of weakness, saying, oh, this kind of hurts or this workout's really tough, I'm not sure if I can get through it. That's not a sign of weakness. That's open communication with your coaches to let them know what's going on. Oh my gosh, I love it when our athletes communicate with us. Like, (laughs) There's nothing that makes me more frustrated than an athlete that just doesn't tell you what's going on. And then all of a sudden something creeps up and it's too late to do anything about it. Like that athlete. It didn't creep up. It crept up three weeks ago. Right. The athlete that comes to you, hey coach, my knee is really hurting. I'm like, oh, when did it start hurting you? Oh, like a month ago. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me a month ago when we could have actually done something about this? At this point, I'm just going to hope to God that you can run in the next race without your knee really, really hurting you. You know, it's then, then you're just kind of in survival mode. You yeah, know? and survival mode's never a great way it's to try and get been. through the get through a cross country right. season. Right. And and that's why like even our our coaching clients, like our personal coaching clients, the ones that communicate with us and are like, This workout was really hard and we're like, Okay, great, let's throw in a recovery day tomorrow. Like doing those little tweaks and things to their plan is so much better because they're they're just communicating with us. Yeah, I mean it's you're it's gonna phenomenal. keep the athlete healthier, you're gonna be able to progress them a lot better you know, just by knowing what's going on. I mean, it goes back to the the training plan, like a, a set training plan where you have to follow X, Y, and Z is good, but being able to change along the way because you've got that support system around you that is is there to try and make you as good as possible and not just trying to fit everybody into a, a, a box that says, okay, you do these workouts, you get this result. Right, exactly. But you also need to have that belief in your coach. If you, if you are using a coach, you need to believe that your coach is the best person for you and that your coach has your best interests at heart. And if you don't feel that way, then you should probably find another coach. See, this is why I love coaching because I really love at at the end of the season where you've spent all the the months and weeks and everything and trying to, to educate and build the team up. They don't need you during that last race of the season. Yeah. Like I go out and I run to the one mile mark, like I'm going to cheer and somehow do anything. And there's some coaches out there that are screaming like mile splits and you got to pick it up and catch this person. Like you've been coaching them for months. And yeah. if they're a senior, you've been coaching them for years. They, they've got it. Your job should be done by You're that done. point. Yeah. So, like, the main reason I run out to the one mile mark is so that I can see that kid for a couple more times in their last race of their season. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to enjoy it at yeah. this point in time. And, and support them. And be there to let them know that I am there for them. Right. But there's, my work is done at that yeah. point. It's, you know, the same thing happens with teaching. At, at the end of the year, post-graduation... I don't need to go up and like shake every kid's hand. I like to just stand back and watch all the kids taking pictures with each other and their family. And I just stand there smiling. One of the parents came up to me. They're like, what are you smiling at? I'm like, turn around and look at this room. Look at how happy everybody is about what just happened. Yeah. I was, I was a little small part of that. Mm-hmm. And that makes me happy. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Knowing that you're a part of all of that. All right, so let's move on to number three. Number three is belief in yourself. This one's the hardest one. 
I was just about to say that. You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) For a lot of people, belief in yourself is really one of the hardest things to come by. And a lot of times it takes years and years and years of practice before you actually find it. And then you think you have it and it turns out you you weren't quite there. Yeah. (laughs) Until you find, you know, that's one thing that, you know, having a good support system can even help with believing in yourself because those people can help you realized how sh- strong you actually are. Oh, very much so. You need the people around you because if it's just you flying solo out there, it's going to be really hard to ever reach your absolute full potential. You know, you need to get it to a point where you are fully bought in to the support, the plan, that that the responsibility is now on your shoulders to move forward. But knowing that even when it's on your shoulders, if it doesn't go perfect, you still have that support network behind you. Yeah, and most of the time, especially in real life, things don't go perfectly. No, most races don't go smooth. Most most training has issues and sickness and weather and, you know, life that pops up and doesn't go quite perfect. You need the support around you. It's really helpful. Right, but it's hard to have that support, I'm sorry, that belief in yourself when you've never done that before. Like somebody that's going out to run a half marathon for the first time or to run a marathon for the first time, you've never done that before. How do you believe? believe that you can actually do it. This is the biggest challenge of of personal belief, of self-belief, is knowing that you can do something when it's something that you've never done before. Mm-hmm. You know, I listened to an interview about a guy who broke four minutes in the mile. Yeah. And he had he was a you know pretty successful in college. He was consistently around like four oh four. And post-college was still running like 404, 403, and he just couldn't get out of it. And as soon as he like switched it up and he started becoming a road miler, it was this whole different Mm ballgame. And it changed the mentality. It changed like, oh, I've got to make sure I hit this exact split for the quarter and this for the half. Mm -hmm. And it changed him. And he, he was not suddenly magically in better shape, but... He went from being a 402 one week to a 356 the next week. Because of a mental shift. It was a mental shift. He, he was already physically there. He just needed to change his outlook. And, be, and once he hit it, then it was sub four. And it, I, I, I just finished the thing this morning. And he went out like a couple weeks after that and dropped like a 403. That didn't mean he was suddenly a 403. He's still a sub four. He goes the week after that and goes another 356. Uh-huh. Once he did it, it was not a thing to be like, oh, now I'm over four. I'll never do it again. Like he had done it. That right. belief was there. The challenge is how do you get that in the first place? Right. And I think that a lot of the training plans – There are a lot of training plants out there that, especially for the longer distances, like for the half marathon or the marathon, you don't run that full race distance. Like some some half training plans end at like 12 miles and some full marathon training plans a a lot actually. Almost all of them. End at like 20, right? So, I mean, there's still a 10K left, you know? If if your longest run is 20 miles, how do you then have confidence that you can go out and run (laughs) 26.2? Right? This has always been one of my big issues with marathon training plans. You know, oh, go out and run 20 and don't worry, your body will take care of the rest. Or it's a race. You'll just, you'll have it. But (laughs) then there's this, you know, the the magic term out there is people hit the wall roughly at 20 miles. Yeah, 20 to 21 miles is usually the that 
That that's 20. weird because you never ran further than twenty, so your head doesn't realize that you can run further than twenty, and so somehow you hit this barrier at twenty miles. Mm-hmm. Was it physical? Probably. There's there's some physical aspect to it, but there's a huge mental aspect if your body's never done that before. That how do you know that you can actually do it? So do you think there is a benefit of running at least the full distance during training? I. I don't think that there's a need to run the full distance. Okay. What I think is helpful is to run the full time. Okay. Because you can go... At your expected pace. So like your your expected marathon pace would have you running potentially a three to four hour, you know, a three hour marathon will we'll, we'll make you real fast. Sure. So if you're, if you're expecting to hit like a three hour marathon, I don't think you necessarily need to go for 26 miles, but I think that there is a benefit for being on your feet for three hours. Even if you're going at a slower pace. Yes. Okay. Because then, you know, I can physically run that, that time. Okay. And, and I think that that is helpful. I think that the slower your goal is, the less crucial it is to make sure that you are out there for such a long period of time. Okay. You know, if your goal is to try and break four, I don't think that you're gaining as much benefit from being out there on your feet for four hours. I think that... Breaking four is still a really good goal. I know. That's not an easy thing to accomplish. And that's why the the plans don't have people going all the way to 26. The physical breakdown of being on your feet for four hours is, that is a lot of wear and tear. Mm -hmm. And to casually throw that in, I mean, you see these, there's some training plans out there that are like, okay, well, there's 16 this week and 18 the next and 20 the next. You'll get a down week and then another 20. And I'm like, that's a long time on your feet. That that wear on the body Are you even going to be healthy or are you going to make it to the starting line? Okay. So you've got to balance putting in enough work that your your body is ready to cover the distance, that your mind knows that you can cover the distance, but that you're still healthy enough to even get to the start. So how do you know that you can cover it if you've never done it before? There's, there's other workouts. Okay. I would argue that there are things that I put into my own personal marathon training plan that were not a 20 miler. I did a 16 miler with surges every, every mile. I put it a quarter mile surge every mile of a 16 mile run. Mm. That was brutal. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it was, and I did it on a treadmill. Oh God. It was, it was rough. Wow. But that workout was intense and I, that was one of the things mentally that said, okay, well, if you can get through that, because my, my relaxed pace was marathon goal pace, and then I surged faster every single mile for a quarter mile. Okay. So I thought, okay, well, if I can do 16 faster than my marathon pace, I can get in that other time, you know? And then I think I got up to 21 as my long run mm-hmm. in, in preparation for it. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll tell you, hitting the second marathon... I knew that I could go all 26. Mm-hmm. I mean, that definitely was a part of it. I well, knew that I could physically yeah, well, do you, it. You did it before. Right. Right. So, I mean, how much does is the wall mental versus how much is it physical? There's a huge aspect of making sure that you're properly fueled, and that comes into effect at around 20 miles also. Right. And you definitely didn't fuel well enough in that last one. I didn't fuel well enough in either of them. Either of them, yeah. That's, that's why I want to do another one. Yeah. <laughs> you well, think I'm crazy, but that's why I want to do another one. No, I don't think you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, you're just marathon crazy. 
it's just part of being married to a runner like you. <laughs> so, so, I mean, depending on what the, the race is, there are different types of workouts that you can put in. There are some workouts that are really designed for physical benefits mm -hmm. to try and make sure that you've, I mean, you can throw all sorts of terms out there, raise a lactate level or improve your VO2 max. There's all sorts of key fun terms to put out there right and most of them aren't really accurate no most but of them we're not, not going to get into that no no we'll get nope. we'll move beyond that but there are there are things that are physical challenges there are workouts that are mental challenges that is is a pace that you can definitely handle but can you handle it you know running solo uh you know and and for a long enough period of time. Yeah, with no headphones and nobody next to you. Right, and, yeah. just out on the road on your own. Can you still hit that pace? And it's a mental struggle to be able to get through it. Mm -hmm. You know, it, people talk about like a twenty or a thirty minute tempo run. That's that's really tough to do. You can break it down and make it mentally easier by doing it in five minutes and a minute off, and five minutes and a minute off. But the mental challenge is to do 30 minutes straight. Uh-huh. There's a big difference between that. Right. And then there's other workouts that I love to throw in for everybody in the few weeks leading up to their race that are um they're confidence builders. Thank you. That's the term I was searching for. They're they're the workouts where it's like, okay, I know this kid is good at this workout. So I'm gonna put that in there. And they're I'll give them times that say, oh you have to run I don't know, 90 seconds per lap, knowing that they can hit 85. Mm -hmm. And that they will go out there and they will crush the times I give them yeah. and they'll think, wow, I've done it. It's not a magic workout. It, it doesn't really even do much for them physically. physically. But by knowing that, oh, wow, I beat Coach Brown's times. Yeah. I can do this. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. And right. I know that they're way faster than they think they are, but you give them the confidence building workout. So, you know, as a coach, you kind of have to sprinkle them all in there and figure out which one is, is best for which kid. And right. It's, it's a little tricky. Right. So going back, though, what about when the plan fails? You know, what if you, you buy in to the plan and to your support system and to the coach and then you don't hit the time that you want. Well, I mean, that goes way back to our previous podcast on you can't be so unbelievably tied to a number. Well, that's what you just said, though. Like, you want to run another marathon because you, you didn't hit the number you wanted. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it It's part of the, the long-term journey of running, of you just want to keep seeing how... I, I do. I want to keep seeing how much I can push myself. Yeah. You know, and it's it's tough and I'm really trying to come around with the idea of it's not just making sure that you can hit these times. It's enjoying the the process of getting there. Mm -hmm. You know, the 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 line is something like um the fruit of the labor isn't the the result. The reward. The fruit of the labor is the labor. Mhm. Mm you know, and it's, it's awesome. It's, it's the work that you're putting in is the result. Right. And, and being able to actually enjoy and appreciate the work that you're putting in. And then maybe at the end you get that, that, you know, bonus of hitting a goal time or whatever, mm -hmm. but appreciate the work as you put it in, appreciate that as the result itself, mm -hmm. you know, know what you've physically done for your body. That's phenomenal. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that that is a very good way for a lot of the real life runners out there to think about running because not everyone cares about their time. You know, a lot of people go out to run and just be healthier and to set a good example for their family and that their 5k time doesn't really matter that much to them. They don't really have a goal to run a marathon. And that is awesome because you are still on the running journey and you are still making yourself into a better version of yourself every time you go out and run. And that is the reward. Oh, belief in self is not just this magic thing that you need to do to be, you know, like a four minute miler. That's that's not belief in self. Belief in self says, I am a stronger person than I currently am. It says I can be better tomorrow than I am today and I will keep progressing. That's belief in self, I think. Right. It's it's setting those short-term and long-term goals, but also remembering why you're a runner in the first place. Always keeping that why in mind. Yes, the why is phenomenal. Um, you know, it and it's why when we have that like our, our our team cross country meeting at the be in spring, like who wants to run cross country in the fall? One of the things that we ask the kids is, why are you doing this? Right. And we also ask them to start writing down their goals just to start thinking about what is it that you want to accomplish in November? Yes. Yeah. But if the why is I want to do this because it's fun to go out and run with my friends, mm-hmm. When it hits like late September and it's still really hot out and yeah. I'm asking them to hit like one more repeat where they're already sucking wind. Right. Th- that's not fun for them. Right. Well, and that's not their goal. They they don't care about getting faster. They just want to be out there hanging out with their friends. That's all they want. They want right. to be out there having fun with their friends. And it doesn't matter to them that they're number three on the team and I need them to perform because that's helping our varsity squad. It doesn't matter <laughs> to them because they just want to be out there having fun. Right. But a lot of times those <laughs> runners, especially the faster runners on the team, they end up caring more because they were out there for their friends and then they realize that their friends are depending on them to go out and push harder and get faster in order to bring the team to where they all want to be did you just go back and highlight belief in your support system what there you go (laughs) that was totally not intentional (laughs) okay so let's summarize here and come come up with the takeaways from this episode so number one pick a plan and commit to it and actually believe in that plan don't be jumping from plan to plan pick a plan commit to it for at least four to eight weeks right yeah or for the length of the plan really i mean however long a plan you pick you should commit to it (laughs) you should commit to the plan whatever the the timeline of that thing is that should be the plan right pick a plan that's your plan Two, believe in your support system. Surround yourself with amazing people that want you to get better so that they can cheer for you. Right. And number three, believe in yourself. You are amazing. And just by going out and running, you are proving to yourself how strong you are and how you are just doing good things for yourself and for your family and for your body. And appreciate that really really just take a moment right now and just say thank you to yourself say thank you to your body for what you're able to do because you're amazing and you need to believe that you are going to be able to achieve all the goals that you set for yourself 
if you have the right plan, if you have the right support system, you will be able to do it. Yeah, give yourself credit. Give yourself the ability to be as successful as you want to be. Right. So that about wraps it up for today. If you're looking for help with training plans or support system, we have uh, customized training plans available. We have personalized coaching training available that uh, will help guide you on, on whatever path you want, whatever goal you're aiming for. Right. If you need a support system, we are here for you. And we are here to help you achieve whatever goals you want to set for yourself. So head over to the website if you're interested. You can check it out at realliferunners.com. There's lots of programs that we have over there available for you. And while you're on the website, you can request access to our private Facebook group, our Real Life Runners Tribe. Just click on the FB group um, tab and that will take you over where you can request the access. It is an awesome group of people that are real life runners just like you. So check that out while you're on the website as well. And secondly, do not forget about the Key West Half Marathon and 5K, which is our first destination race for our real life running tribe. We will be down in Key West January 20th of 2019. If you are interested in joining us, you can sign up on the website keywesthalfmarathon.com and use the code REALLIFE and you will get 15% off to bring your registration down to $75 right now. And we would just absolutely love, love, love to for you guys to join us so that we could meet you in person. Think about that. Look at your calendars. See if you can come join us. We would absolutely love to meet you. And thank you all for spending this time with us. And we will talk to you guys next week.